To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryant, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Remember to breathe in experiences and breathe out poetry. A quote said by Moriel Rukeser. I'm Dia Hituvali and I'm your host for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio the largest radio network in the world. We have an amazing show planned today, all about the 4th of July and poetry. In segment two, we will be interviewing Meredith Heller, author of Write a Poem, Save a Life. In segment three, I, Dia, will be sharing poems that I that remind me of the 4th of July. And right now, I'm going to be doing some fun facts about the 4th of July. Hi, everyone. My name is Dia Hitivali, and I'm happy to be coming to you again with another edition of The Silver Lining. As you know, today's show is centered all around the 4th of July. But today, I really want to focus in on some fun facts about this holiday. The first one is that we actually didn't technically declare independence on the 4th of July. Independence was actually voted two days before but the declaration was published on July 4th in newspapers, so that's when it really gained recognition from the public. Another fun fact is that the designer of the 50-star flag lived in Lancaster, Ohio. I really love the story and I find it really interesting. Basically, in 1958, a history teacher assigned a class assignment to redesign the national flag, including Alaska and Hawaii. Robert G. Heft, which was only 16 at the time, designed a new flag using the old 48-star flag. And by using $2.87 worth of blue cloth and white iron-on material, his design earned him only a B-minus. 
He didn't like the grade he got, so he challenged the teacher by sending it to Washington, D.C. to be considered by the president. According to his obituary, Heft was one of thousands to submit a flag design, but he was the only person who actually stitched together a flag and shipped it to D.C. Once the flag was elected, his grade was obviously changed to an A, and his design became the official flag of the 1960. I love the story. Another fun fact is, I'd say pretty predictable, but Americans will enjoy 150 million hot dogs during the 4th of July. This makes sense because the 4th of July is often known for a holiday with barbecues and hot dog is a common item on the menu. Another thing that I was shocked to hear was that the Declaration of Independence was written on a laptop. And it's not the type of MacBook that you'd expect. It's actually a writing desk that could fit over someone's lap. So at the time, that was called a laptop. Another fact is that on the second anniversary of Independence Day, American troops were fighting for the American Revolutionary War. During this time, President George Washington, who actually wasn't the president yet, ordered a double ration of rum for American soldiers to celebrate the holiday with. This is a fact that I actually didn't know, and it really surprised me because I see it all the time. If you have a flag shirt or any other article of clothing with a flag on it, you're actually in violation of the U.S. flag code. The U.S. flag code basically says that anything that has the printed American flag on it is not allowed. But actually, the flag code is not enforced, so you won't worry about getting punished for this flag police. This is something that I think is crazy, and I feel like this should be um, featured on conspiracy theory websites because this is a really crazy coincidence. It's that Thomas Jefferson, who is 82, and John Adams, who is 90, both died on July 4th, within five hours each other. And this day was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Another one is that John Adams was actually the first to suggest fireworks. In the letter to his wife, who was also his political advisor, named Abigail, he suggested that, quote-unquote, illuminations should be part of future Independence Day celebrations. Fireworks at this time have actually been popular for years, and that's something I didn't know because I thought fireworks were a relatively new invention. Another thing is that the Declaration of Independence started riots. In the book Thomas Jefferson, he wrote that the Declaration of Independence caused colonists to riot against King George III. On the night of July 4th, citizens of Philadelphia ripped King George III's coat of arms from the state house door and threw it into a bonfire. Another thing that I think is really important to remember is that not everyone is free on the 4th of July. I know it is known as Independence Day, but a lot of enslaved black people were actually not granted their freedom until June 19, 1865. Today, this day is celebrated as Juneteenth, and it's just been recently recognized as a national holiday. This is another fact that is pretty weird considering when you hear the one after this. It's that only one U.S. president was born on the 4th of July, whose name was Calvin Coolidge. But 
The last fact may not seem that weird, but in context that three of the U.S. presidents have died on July 4th. The U.S. presidents, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and James Monroe, all died on this holiday. Another thing, speaking of death, President Zachary Taylor died after a 4th of July party because he contracted foodborne cholera after eating spoiled cherries and died five days later. This is something that I think is pretty cool, and it's the fact that a time capsule was buried beneath the Massachusetts State House on July 4th. On the 20th anniversary of Independence Day, founding fathers Paul Revere and Samuel Adams laid the cornerstone for the Massachusetts State House in Boston. They decided to bury a copper time capsule beneath the cornerstone, and it was actually unburied in 2014. And this time capsule's content included newspapers, coins, and even a medal engraved with George Washington's image. I think opening a time capsule, especially from something so long ago, would be super cool. The next thing is that the Liberty Belt hasn't been wrong since 1846. U.S. history notes that every day on July 4th, the Liberty Belt is symbolically tapped 13 times by children who are descendants of Declaration Signers, honoring the original 13 states. Unfortunately, this bell cannot be rung anymore after a quack appeared on George Washington's birthday, which was the last time it was rung. There was actually a holiday created to rival Independence Day in 1915. Supreme Court Justice Lewis Brandeis announced the first Americanization Day in an effort to celebrate immigration rather than restrict it, as many Americans wish to do. During his speech, Brandeis explained how Americanization Day would unify new and old Americans, but however, this holiday didn't stick. Unfortunately, we are time out of time for this segment. Please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org. Keep listening for more as we interview Ms. Heller in the next segment. We're on Alexa smart speakers and connected devices. Hey Alexa, play Being Here podcast on Apple Podcasts. Try it now. <laughs> Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Tia Hitsubali and today's show revolves all around gratitude and poetry. In this segment, I will be interviewing Miss Heller. Meredith Heller is the author of Write a Poem, Save a Life. And she is a poet, singer, songwriter, and educator with degrees in writing and education. She studied in the graduate departments of John Hopkins University, Naropa University, and Goddard College. She is author of the poetry chapter book, Songlines and River Spells, A California Poet in the Schools. She teaches workshops for grades 1 to 12 in public and private schools in the creative writing department at Marin School of the Arts in Juvenile Hall and nationally on Zoom for kids and adults. Write a poem, save your life. A Guide for Teens, Teachers, and Writers of All Ages by Meredith Heller is a new book that shares how anyone can and why everyone should write poetry to explore, express, transform, and love their life. Check out her website at www.meredithheller.com and her Facebook at facebook.com slash meredith.heller.5. Hi, Miss Heller. Hi. So happy to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. So the first thing I wanted to ask is, how did you start writing poetry, and how did this kind of blossom into your role as a teacher? Yeah, thank you, Dia. Um, So I started writing poetry when I was about 12, And I was having trouble in school and trouble at home. And I left home very early and was on my own. Um, I lived out in the woods and in domes I built and abandoned houses along the river where I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. And life was very overwhelming for me. My feelings were strong and overwhelming. I suffered with depression. And writing, I found, helped me to sort through my feelings and bring clarity to what was confusing and overwhelming for me. Um, I found that when I could name the feelings instead of just have them consume me, Uh, that I could then work with them, and they started to make sense. And that in the expression of what I was feeling, I found a kind of salvation. Oh, wow, that's a really, um, that's a really well said response. And that actually makes a lot of sense, because I feel like even like everyone, when you write down how you're feeling, like even if it's just on a journal for just you to see, it makes everything just seem so much more, um, I don't know the word for it, like tangible. Like it doesn't seem yeah. as overwhelming. Yeah, so, I to- yeah, 
I totally agree. I'm, I love that you that you know that too. Yeah, that's what happened for me. It just made it seem less overwhelming, like like you said. And I like how you said it that it makes it feel tangible because I think there's this wild thing that happens when when we we write it down. And I'm a huge fan of writing with pen and paper um, because I think that there's really this um, again tangible sensual, uh, instinctual thing that happens in our bodies, with our bodies and our minds and our emotions when we write with pen and paper. And so I love how you said make it tangible because there it is. It's on the paper. We've written it with our own hand. There's this kind of muscle memory that happens in our body and this um, sense of lightness to have gotten it off our chest or to untie the tangled knots in our belly or, you know, where we hold the tension in our back for the things that hurt or the things we don't say or the the secrets or the shame or just um, even claiming and owning the value of our own thoughts and feelings and to express it. I find so empowering and freeing. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, and I actually agree with that. And I think that it does, it would make the essay a lot more impactful to the reader. The book, so what are some of the tools that go into the poetry toolbox that you share in the book? Mm -hmm. So the poetry toolbox I put in there um, has all of the basic elements like metaphor and simile and different perspectives and point of view and imagery. Um, but because this is what we do as poets, these, these are the tools we use. And I think we almost do this naturally when we write. But I think what I find most important in the poetry toolbox is working with our inner critic and the judgment that comes up around our own creativity and our own self-expression. And I really believe that it, building a relationship with those parts of ourselves and actually like sitting down and having a conversation with the inner critic and, you know, just to be like, you know, God, you know, you really you really tie me up. You really block me up. Like every time I want to express myself or write something, you tell me I'm no good. And that just, you know, that can't, we can't have this. This doesn't work. You know, is there some other way, some other kind of relationship we can have? And so when we actually sit down and have these crazy conversations, um, it takes the fear and the power out of, um, the 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 huge shadow of those inner critics. So I would say, yes, I offer absolute poetic tools in the poetry workbox, but I think it's really more about um, giving ourselves permission to explore and not be perfect and perhaps write something we don't even like, but maybe out of one page, there's one line we like. Great, we like that line, grab that line, write it down on another page and do something with that and throw the rest away. So 
I really think that working with creativity and especially, I don't know, especially writing, but I'd say especially writing just because I'm a writer, um, kind of helps us to learn how to be human and give ourselves permission to explore and experiment and not have to be perfect. We're allowed to be messy. We're human. You know? Yeah, I think that is a really great point. That I feel like a lot of the times in like art, people get too caught up in just trying to make it look good. But mm-hmm. honestly, even if it's quote unquote bad, it's still good because it's something that was made in your mind and it was like made with creativity. So I think it's really important to um, to kind of like be aware of the inner critic and don't let it control. Yeah, it's such a good point that you're making. Like I always tell the people in my workshops um, that we're never writing for anybody outside of ourselves. Like, you know, if it gets published somewhere down the line, that's, that's the icing on the cake, you know, but, but really we're writing for ourselves. We're writing to contact that deep part of ourselves where the questions live and the answers live and the unknown lives. And we can write to learn something we didn't know. Or, or we didn't know we knew. And, and when we're writing and we touch that place in our writing, I think it gets really exciting. And I think that that, for me, is what brings me back to writing again and again, because not only is it my refuge and my companion, but it's a place where I learn about myself. And to me, that's powerful. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. So what populations do you work with and what do you see in different age groups in terms of the relationship they have with writing poetry? Mm, yes. So I am so lucky because I get to teach almost every age group. Uh, as a California poet in the schools, I teach first grade through 12th grade for poetry writing. (laughs) So I, and then I also teach adult women. Um, so I'd say the youngest kids, um, I love to see the looks on their faces when they come up with something creative or something from their imagination and, um, and they share it and other people relate to it and they get acknowledgement for something that they made up themselves. Because I think we're, when we're in school, there's not as much room for us to create, like you were saying, from our own minds. There's so much that we have to learn from other people's thoughts and theories and <clears throat> history. And all of that is great. But there's not a lot we get to do when we get to make it up. And so the kids make it up and they get all this acknowledgement and they're like, wow, people really care about what's going on in my imagination and my mind. And it's like a whole new world for them. And I think there's a sense of freedom because in our imagination, we're the only person who gets to make the rules and, and say what's allowed. And I think that there's a, there's freedom in that. Uh, so that's with little kids. Um, I guess my my favorite population to work with are teens and uh, adults these days. Teens, because there's so much going on in terms of growth 
and individuation and identity. Who are we? What's our purpose? Why are we here? What matters to us? What, what do we value? What's important to us? Um, who do we choose to be in this world? And I think that these are such important questions and such an important time um, to have writing as a medium to explore and express as we're learning and growing into who we are. Even though we do this our whole lives, I think in our teenage years, it's you know, so much more amplified. And so, um, and, and a lot of teenagers that I work with, you know, really have um, a lot of life challenges. I mean, I teach at Juvenile Hall and um, that's, you know, kids who have gone through a lot of challenge and, you know, been separated from their families and might have court cases. And to hear the poetry that comes out of these kids, I mean, it's so raw and truthful. And, um, you know, they're just really working hard to survive. Um, and I guess with all the kids... Um, and all the adults that I work with, I just see so much of people um, feeling more at home in themselves when they write. Because there's this sense of claiming who we are and valuing who we are that comes through when we write, whether it's for ourselves or whether we share it. Um, and that's really the thing that inspires me to keep teaching is, um, how much people grow from their own writing and how fulfilling it is for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree that I guess writing it is a really good opportunity to grow and get to know yourself a lot more. Yeah. And yeah. And I think also at least in school, a lot of the writing is is not really as creative. It's more of like analyzing and it's very like you have a format and you kind of just stick to that format. But for me, one of the first like opportunities, like not the first opportunity, but is like my college essays that I have to write this summer. That yeah. is a bit more like um, at least the Common App one is a bit more loose like you're able to be a bit creative with that so that's something that is a bit difficult for me and I'm sure a lot of other like maybe viewers of the podcast are also confused on that so do you have any advice for college essays oh gosh that is such a great question I have to say I've been <laughs> I've been to so many colleges and so many graduate schools that I've actually written a lot of these essays and I agree with you it's challenging um, I so appreciate this question. It's actually kind of making me giggle. Um, you know, um, I think more and more these days, um, unless you're going into like some really like, um, you know, microbiology or something, I really think that um, that the people who read the essays, the, the um, administration really wants to know who you are as a person. And so um, to include things from your life, uh, your own insights, um, major experiences that have shaped you or impacted you or moved you 
in a in a big way, in a deep way that has somehow um, influenced what you're interested in studying so that you link together what's moved you in your life that you want to learn more about to hopefully make a contribution in some way to the world to make it a better place or relieve suffering or help people who have been through things like you've been through, um, you know, like that. So I would definitely draw on personal experience. Tell a story, open with a story. Hey, when I was 12, you know, we went to Europe and I saw a lot of kids on the street who needed food or needed money. And I thought, you know, wow, I want to do something with social work because I want to help people who are living with adversity or something like that. So that's really what I would say is, is be real, tell a story, something that's happened from your own life and relate it to what's motivating your area of study at school. Does that helpful? Yeah, I agree. I think that's really good advice for me and other viewers who are going to be seniors because um, having like having a story about your life that was really meaningful to you makes it a lot more interesting to the reader because they can see how it has like impacted your life and it kind of shows a lot about you as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that when we do that kind of writing. And we make those connections, we actually learn about ourselves more deeply. And it, it kind of um, weaves our purpose in life in a more, uh, like you said before, in this more tangible way, you know, to make the connections. Oh, this happened. And that's why I'm interested in this thing that I want to study or this thing I want to do in my life, you know? And it might not even, I mean, some, some kids just come into life and they're like, I am going to be a marine biologist or, you know, I'm going to be a modern dancer or I'm a painter or, you know, whatever it is. Some kids just know. And that's fine, too. And you could just talk about when you first knew and what that was like. How, you know, how did you, how when you were four or five years old, how did you know that you wanted to do you know, radio interviews, you know, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think um, that's very true. So um, another thing is, do you have to like kind of teach differently to different age groups? Oh, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have to be very patient with the younger kids which isn't always easy for me, and <laughs> though I love them. Um, and I think it would be easier if we were just playing and, and if, the, if their teachers weren't expecting me to have them all um, come out with a finished poem, you know, because <laughs> it's hard to get them to really focus, like first graders. Um, and um, I find that with teens, um, I have to be very real, you know, cause you guys can see through everything, you know, so I've got to be really authentic and I appreciate that. I like being, 
I like that challenge to be very authentic. And, um, yeah. Um, so I have, I just want to say this. Um, I teach teens in my, um, online zoom workshops, which will resume in the fall. And Dia, I just received a grant. I'm so excited to fully fund, um, 10, uh, teen girls for my fall workshops. So I want to put that out to you and to your listeners. Um, if anybody's interested in that, it's fully funded for anybody who's interested and in need. Um, these workshops are for girls or anyone who identifies as, um, girl, female, and, um, and they can find me through my website, meredithheller.com, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H-H-E-L-L-E-R.com. And I'm so excited to be able to offer these classes. This has been my dream. So I hope you and maybe some of your friends or listeners would um, take that opportunity. Yeah, that sounds like a really great opportunity. I would actually, I've always wanted to like, kind of improve my writing. And I think this is really like, sounds really interesting. Oh, I would love to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Go to my website. You'll see the information. There's an application and just email me and we'll get it going. And uh, if you know anybody else that would be interested, um, please let them know. Cause I'm just so happy to be able to offer this and, and it's fully funded and you get my book also. Oh, yeah, that's great. I'll definitely check that out. And also, if I have any friends who I have like a kind of there's a publication, um, there's like a medium blog for an app. So I have like some people who write blogs for my nonprofit. So I can definitely tell them about it because they all like writing. Uh, that would be wonderful, Dia. Thank you. Yeah. So um, another question I had is that you tell your students, I'm not here to teach you other people's poetry. I'm here to teach you to, I'm here for you to teach me your poetry. Yeah. So what do you like mean by that statement? Well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before, where usually in school, you're taught everybody else's theories and history and ideas. And there's a space for all that. We need that. But um, I wanted to walk in and make a space where I wasn't filling you up, my students up with more ideas of other people's thoughts. I really wanted to open the space to hear your thoughts and feelings and perceptions and impressions. I want to know what moves my students. And I want to listen to that poetry that, and, and let them know that they've been heard and that their thoughts and their feelings and their perceptions matter, that they matter. So that's why I start with that. Yeah, I think that's a really good statement to be giving like all your students and it helps them like really understand what poetry is all about. Yeah. So, yeah. So unfortunately we are out of time for the segment, but I absolutely loved your conversation today. Hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. I love talking to you too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So please be sure to check out Miss Heller's book, write a poem, save your life. And visit her website at www.meredithheller.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us and keep listening for more as I continue the conversation and give some historical fun facts of the U.S. We're on Alexa smart speakers and connected devices. Hey, Alexa, play Being Here podcast on Apple Podcasts. Try it now. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens hello and welcome back to express yourself Today's show is all about the 4th of July and poetry. I'm Dia Hichibali, and right now I want to give the history about the U.S. in the form of trivia and interesting facts. One thing that I found crazy to believe is that the deadliest job in the country is actually the President of the United States. This is statistically speaking. When you think about it, 45 men have held the title, and four of them were assassinated in office while four of them died in natural causes. That's a rate of almost 18%. Now, I never thought of holding the president's job as scary, but now that's making me reconsider the fact. Another thing that I was also surprised by was that the eight out of 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence were British. The majority of signers were native-born Americans, but eight were actually from England which I find really crazy. So another fun fact is that in some states, there are more cows than people. This isn't that surprising because um, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Montana, and a couple other states have less humans than they do cattle because they're known for a lot of farming. This is also fairly well known, but the tallest president was Abraham Lincoln, who stood at six foot four. And the smallest president was James Madison, who was five foot four, and, and he also weighed less than 100 pounds. Another one was that the original capital of the United States was Philadelphia. The country's capital wasn't always Washington, D.C., 
However, this was made the temporary capital of the newly created U.S. while Washington, D.C. was being built. Harvard was actually the first university in the United States, which is why it's known as being so prestigious, and it was founded in 1636 in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Another one was actually insane to find out about, and it's that the U.S. government actually poisoned people during the Prohibition. If you didn't know what the Prohibition was, it was a period in the 1900s where the U.S. government tried to get rid of alcohol, and as a result, they actually poisoned alcohol in an effort to discourage drinking. When people continued to ignore the Prohibition, law officials got frustrated and decided to actually produce another deterrent, which is death. By the end of the prohibition, the federal poisoning program is estimated to have killed 10,000 people. You may have seen Uncle Sam in a lot of cartoons, but he actually was a real person. He was a meatpacker in Troy, New York, who fought in the American Revolution, and he was known as the name Uncle Sam for his good nature. This idea was eventually expanded to all United States military with the name U.S., and that's how Uncle Sam came to be. The final fact I'll be sharing today is that Russia sold Alaska to the United States for pennies. Well, not literally pennies, but for a very, very cheap price. Two cents per egg, which basically is $7.2 million in total. That is one quality buy considering how big Alaska is. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Slot Productions, Cynthia Bryant, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from all across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top rated program. Breathe in experiences, breathe out poetry. Happy 4th of July. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you will let yourself